Talk lines open now at 247-2000. First City Forum, 97.5 FM. Hello, 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 and welcome to the First City Forum, brought to you by Providence Properties in Southeast Alaska Orthopedics. I am your host, the one and only Joe Williams, and on today's show, we have our Queer Talk Wednesday. How's it going? I'm sorry. I'm here in the studio with my friend and colleague, J.D. Martin. How's it going, J.D.? Good. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. I'm really excited for this um, for this weekly segment. Every Wednesday we do Queer Talk. Now, um, I, I with this segment, I have um, a member of the Ketchikan Pride Alliance or a member of, of Loud and Queer Magazine uh, come out and we just talk about issues that matter to our community in a certain sector of, of the, of the uh, town. And I like to talk about this just because we are in a conservative Alaskan town, but there's still a lot of queer people out there and, and, and hopefully a lot of queer listeners and people who are interested in in different aspects of queer culture. So today we're just going to talk a little bit about a few different things, but let's break into it. JD, how's your week been? It's it's been great. How's your week been? It's been pretty smooth. You know, I just adopted this cat. It's been an Aww. ongoing saga. So so about a week ago, I woke up out of my sleep to the sound of a mouse or two maybe even in my oh kitchen. My I could hear it from from my bedroom. It was terrifying. I could hear them running around scurrying with their little mo- mo- mouse feet getting into my bags of rice, my jasmine rice, which is very expensive, and they ate my rice. I had to throw the whole bag oh, away. No. So the, the next day I got up and I went and I got and I adopted myself a cat. Now this cat has not been a simple task, JD. This cat not. has taken me through all kinds of things. The first few days it hid behind my dryer, which was totally fine. But then after that, I went to go and see Pippin with um, with my friend Liza. And when when we returned from Pippin, the cat was gone. And it's been gone for days. I thought maybe one of my roommates left a door open and the cat disappeared. I had no idea. But apparently the cat's been there the, the, the whole time. But you know what? Oh, yes. It's just been hiding? It's been hiding. But the most important part is that the cat has not used its litter. It's not eaten. It's not done anything. So I'm thinking this cat died. I thought it died. Oh, I thought no. I thought I adopted the, I, I adopted this cat and it immediately died. But no, it's been there the whole time. But the key is that I have not heard a single mouse. So I'm assuming it's doing its job and um, and just eating mice. Well, that sounds like a success then. It's, it is definitely a it success. It understood story. the assignment. It understood the assignment. It is a success story, and things are things are looking up for me and this cat. <laughs> have you since seen the cat? You know, uh, I have not seen the cat, but one of my roommates has spotted the cat. There has been a cat uh, sighting, and um, I, yeah, so I have not seen it, though, no. And, it, and you know, I left a bowl of food out for it yesterday. It's been out for nearly 24 hours at this point, and the cat still has not touched the food or the water or any other thing I got for it. I spent like $300 on this cat, and it, it apparently needs, needs nothing. <laughs> well, I, I hope the cat emerges and, and starts making friends soon. Well, you know what? As long as it's making friends with the mice, I am A-OK with that. <laughs> so, J.D., I want to talk a little bit. So, I want to talk a little bit about a few different things that people may be um, confused. Oh, I should shout out. We're also in the studio with our friend Evan Porter, who's going to play some live music at the end of this segment. Hello, everybody. How's it going, Evan? Thanks. Now, Evan, um, feel free to jump in as a as a straight ally to the queer as, to the queer community. Yes, sir. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about different things. And you know, um, Evan, you may be able to, to kind of join in and come from the perspective of someone not in the community mm-hmm. who may not understand these things. So, yeah. uh, there have been a lot of talk 
in today's society about pronouns, gender identity, yeah. non-binaryism, and transgenderism, and all kinds of different things like that. I want to break down a little bit about what pronouns are, what's the difference between sex and gender identity, and different things like that. So I want to go right into it. So JD, what are pronouns? Pronouns are a, a grammatical form of speech. You know, they are right. I, me, him, his, hers. The way that we refer to a person without necessarily using their name or even like an object without using its, you know, given name. Um, so it's just a way to, to talk about somebody without using their name. Um, and of course, in, in English, um, and, and it varies language to language, but in English, our, our pronouns are typically gendered. So we have he and him for masculine identifying people and she and hers for feminine identifying people. And there are some non-binary pronouns, so pronouns that are neither male or female, like they, they and them. them. Um, I know that there are some that people are working on getting some other pronouns recognized, like Z and Zare. I, I saw that this mm. morning on a friend's Facebook. I had never heard that before. And, and it's always changing. It's always evolving as people get to become more comfortable with who they are and get to, uh, get to really, um, I don't know, uh, d demand how they prefer to be addressed. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And so I do think language isn't just in a constant state of evolvement. And so adding new pronouns or even changing the way we use existing pronouns, I think is just another natural step in the linguistic process. Definitely, definitely. I want to talk a little bit about also why pronouns are important. And, you know, it goes into the whole thing of misgendering and and and, uh, and the the validation or devalidation of someone's existence, really. Absolutely. Um, I think, well, I, th I think you've summed it up. I think using somebody's pronouns um, is a key feature in, like, recognizing them as a person, as an individual, as, as somebody who's deserving of respect and, and of rights. Um, and we can even see like the languages evolved. I remember even like 10 years ago, people were using the term like preferred pronouns and we've, we've like stripped away that term preferred. And now it's just like, these are my pronouns. Yes. I don't prefer for you to use my pronouns. I, you should use my pronouns because they're my pronouns. pronouns. Absolutely. Yes. And, and I, I'm loving the, uh, the whole movement on social media where people are actually adding their pronouns like to their profile in some kind of way where you're like saying like, Hey, this is how I prefer. Uh, this is how I need to be, uh, to be addressed. Absolutely. And and, and just yeah. really putting it out there and having it not be a thing, you know, because for, for so long it was such a thing. And and I, I'm so excited we're in a time where people get to just really just we're starting to get into a place where people can just really be who they are. And I feel like it's going to break down so many barriers, so many, um, so many secrets, so many lies, so many things. I, f I feel like it's it's getting into a spot where people can can be more open with who they are and, and I think that will address mental health issues absolutely and all kinds of different things so many people struggle with so many things and it stems a lot of the times from their sexual identity from all kinds of different things where they had to suppress so yeah. then so then that suppression manifests because it doesn't just go away when you tell exactly when you tell someone that their identity isn't real or that it's wrong it doesn't it, that's not just going to erase it and make it go away it just starts to it just sort of 
suppresses it and then it starts to compress it until it explodes into yeah. some other manifestation mm-hmm. be it I don't know uh, I don't I, I really feel like a lot of the times a lot of people who are serial killers and things are just people who have had some kind of weird suppression throughout their childhood and throughout yeah. their, their lives and just manifests in weird ways mm-hmm. so we there's actually a term for that it's um, we call it uh, to- toxic stress and so like mm-hmm. when our um, nervous system undergoes stress especially like when we're younger there are like different types of stress and there's actually stress that's like beneficial where you know like maybe you're learning how to speak publicly for the first time and that could be very stressful but you might learn oh this is a thing that I can cope with and and that um, I do have this ability but when we undergo long-term stretch stress for a long period of time and this can come from all kinds of things so it can come from you know living in a home where there is trauma or abuse but it can also come from things of like being devalued as a person and, and so our nervous system has a response to that and it undergoes stress for a long period of time. And the consequence of that is that we do experience mental health challenges. So members of the LGBTQ community, I know people of color, disabled people, all of these groups that are sort of devalued in our, in our, in our larger culture um, are undergoing toxic stress. And so they in turn develop some of these mental health challenges like anxiety, like depression, um, and might even experience higher rates of attempting suicide and self-harm and things like that. So when we allow people to be themselves, you know, um, value them for who they are, we're taking away that toxic stress. We're saying, you know, like it's safe to be in this community. It's safe to be who you are. And, you know, you have value, takes away a lot of that weight and, and and a lot of that that weight a lot of the times the weight that comes with denying who you are or suppressing who you are it stops you from being able to freely express other things so we, we all have so much value and we all have so much to offer to the world and when we have these these little weights well a lot of the times these big weights holding us down and not allowing us to to be and to express we're not putting out into the universe what we need to put out and and I think it's so important um, that people are free because it just allows us to move forward so much faster as a people because there's so many people with so many things to offer who never get to do it because they have these other things uh, burdening, burdening them down. Absolutely, mm. I completely agree. And now I want to go a little bit into uh, gender identity, uh, and, and I want to talk about a little bit about uh, about birth sex versus gender identity. Like, so let's say if a person's born a biological male, but later they they discover that that's not who they are, and and they may present one way, but this is now who they are and who they and how they identify and really how they've always been. And th- there's so much behind it. You, you can literally, I've I've seen science be behind it where the where the brains of people who identify as trans will be more. They'll have more female or male hormones depending, uh, more horm- more ho- more horm- hormones, um, to the contrary of their natural biological birth. And, and, you, and you can actually see that and register that. And I want to talk a little bit about gender identity. And I think you could help me here a little bit, Evan, um, mm-hmm. as, as someone not in the queer community. Mm-hmm. Um, when you see someone and maybe they present as biological male, but they uh, tell you, oh, no, I'm female. What, what goes through, through your mind? So I actually have had a recent, um, when I went home, Uh, where I grew up in Virginia Beach, I had a friend that I went to high school with that while I've been gone, you know, I haven't lived in Virginia Beach for 
it's been six, seven years now, maybe. Um, and when I went back home recently, he identifies as, you know, um, b- uh, what would you call it? By, um, as bi- a bi- binary? No, oh, yes. Non, non-binary. Non-binary. Non-binary, right? Excuse me, guys. My, I just want to make my, sure I'm getting uh, the right, you know, terms here. For yeah, I can't, I can't enunciate today. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, long story short, um, you know, when I approached my friend, I said the name that I knew from high school. And then they, you know, explained to me in a very nice way, like, no, I identify as this now also. Yes. And so, you know, and as an artist, I appreciate when people are very honest and very straightforward. And so, you know, um, I could see how that would shock a lot of people. But I feel like what you guys were talking about earlier, you have to be open. Times are changing. So people who aren't in the community... And people need to, you know, make sure that they're open to these sort of situations and, you know. Definitely. And I want to talk a little bit about what non-binary, non-binaryism is. It's just when you don't prefer to be addressed by any pronoun. It's like you don't identify as male. You also don't identify as female. And I don't totally understand these things myself because I identify as, as a male. I'm, I'm a gay male. And, and that's how I identify. So I don't know a lot about um, non-binaryism or even transgenderism, but I do know a lot of people in the trans community and in the non-binary community. And even a few of our friends have chosen to uh, to raise their, their children non-binary and, and just so that they have that option and that choice. Hmm. Interesting. I feel like there was a question and I missed it. Um, but no, I, I agree. I think, um, you know, the, like the term non-binary comes from this idea of like, we have lived in this binary culture for so long of like, there's man and woman and male and female and boys and girls and stuff. And then there are finally these people who are acknowledging, you know, it's actually a lot more complicated than that. And maybe they have, you know, both masculine and feminine traits. Maybe they actually identify as neither because non-binary is actually an umbrella term. Some people do use it as their personal um identity but it's an umbrella term that encompasses some other um smaller identity i don't mean smaller but i mean like fewer identities Mm -hmm. such as you know people who identify as gender fluid so they feel like their gender is um well fluid it changes from day to day or maybe they identify as bi-gender so they're like i'm both male and female and how that changes day to day um might vary um, so we're starting to see, the, or even people who identify as agender, which is functionally genderless. So they're like, I don't like either one. And all of these people's pronouns might be different because pronouns are also very personal. So somebody who identifies as non-binary, they might use they, them pronouns. I also know some like non-binary people who are say, you know, we're born female and now they still don't mind she, her pronouns, but also like they, them pronouns. Um, so it, it can vary up to the person and that's where it really comes about, you know, meeting people where they're at and being like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll use your pronouns. And I think that another important thing to keep in mind is that we're all going to make mistakes. Like I have trans friends, I have non-binary friends and I occasionally use the wrong pronouns for them. Um, and so I think that a lot of it is also like, don't be, you know, super upset if you make a mistake. A lot of it is just say sorry and move on. Um, it's totally fine to be like, oh, he said, I mean, she said, and just move forward. It doesn't have to be like this huge point of like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. I messed like, up. I'm like, a horrible just move person forward. now. No. Yeah, mm-hmm. like we, we get it. Sometimes it takes some time to adjust. And, and I also think 
Uh, again, I am not transgender, but I do think it's okay if you have some feelings about your friend being transgender, somebody that you love being transgender. It's really about, you know, you're the one who has to process those for yourself. You shouldn't make it the your transgender friend's problem to deal with your emotions over it. But it, it's also normal and natural to have feelings about it. I think that that's something important to mention. Definitely, definitely. It's, it's new. It's, it's, you know... It's not new in the sense that it's never existed before because transgender people have been around forever. I mean, even and, and even in Native, Native American cultures, they actually had terms for people who were trans and they had actual oh, wow. classi- classifications and it was a well-known thing, a well-documented thing. Um, but it's new in our culture. Um, they, them pronouns... Uh, uh, addressing someone who may present as biological male as a she and 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 vice versa so i mean the mistakes will be made and it's all about just get, just trying absolutely it's all about just trying and validating that person's existence and just respecting each person and how they um and how they identify so we i want to talk a little bit about the dave Chappelle situation we don't really know too much too much about it but i want to just kind of use it as a catalyst to talk about um uh the the conversation in main media about transgenderism and and about um and about this 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 community. <laughs> so with the Dave Chappelle uh, situation, Dave Chappelle, a lot of people are um, are angry with him in the trans community because he makes a lot of transgender jokes. And I find that a lot of uh, of stand up comedians, particularly Afri- uh, particularly African American stand up comedians, have made a lot of transgender jokes throughout the ages. I mean, mm-hmm. Eddie, Eddie Murphy would do it all the time back in the eighties. Um, uh, Dave Chappelle, uh, Chris Rock, all of these different people. And, you know, comedy is an interesting kind of thing because it talks about taboo subjects. It talks about different things that you wouldn't necessarily talk about in normal civilized conversation. And it makes a joke out of them because these are the things that are that are going on in people's head. So I believe it is the role of the comedian to talk about these things and to make it a bit taboo and make it a little bit of a hot button thing so that Mm -hmm. people can sort of break down these walls they have built up about these topics. There are so there are a lot of people with a lot of vitriol and and a lot of um, confused notions about what it means to be trans, what it means to be binary, what it means to be queer in general and and i believe that when when these jokes are made when these conversations are had it really breaks down a lot of barriers yeah uh i believe comedy is a safe zone but like every artistic medium it can also you know go out get out of hand but that being said like you kind of started off you painted the picture like it's been done before that sort of thing. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly how many jokes he had or exactly a what, <laughs> well, assuming he had a lot, I could see how people are like, Whoa, you need to, you know, be more diverse in mm-hmm. your jokes. You don't need to go after one thing for this one special. So I could see how some people would be like, this is a, maybe not new thing, but it's really taking off. Right. Everybody's right. being more open now. So probably the best and the worst time to do these jokes. Right. Definitely, definitely. And and I will say that with that situation, it kind of goes into a sense of, I felt like 
the jokes were being made without a true understanding of what the jokes meant. Because there are still uh, trans people who are being killed. There's still trans yeah. people mm-hmm. who who uh, can't walk down the street and live in their truth because they're in danger. And and with the Dave Chappelle situation, he's sort of uh, his way of disarming the trans community was comparing his relationship with uh, with a uh, a trans woman who is not a person of. of color and 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 so so he made the correlate the correlation that trans people um uh benefit basically from what people are calling white privilege and in the sense that that if you're trans or if you're queer you you have a more more of of an advantage than people of color and i think a lot of what the uh the a lot of what the irritation with dave Chappelle was is that he ignored in large the plight of transgender people of color he yeah. he flat out said like oh i have my friend daphne who is a white trans woman um and she uh, understood she laughed and she and and that's fine but the thing is is that especially um amongst queer people people of color and trans people of, of, of color there's a lot of danger there because a, a lot of people don't know this but in the african-american community homophobia is horrific i mean I would say that a lot of African-Americans traditionally are as homophobic as what you would think of the most racist non-person of color mm. would be racist. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's, 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 it was that, I think that was a lot of what the irritation with Dave Chappelle, um, where a lot, where a lot of that came from. I don't think it was necessarily the, the comedy itself, because like I said, I do think that it's important to talk about these things in ways that disarm people. It was slightly insensitive. Slightly insensitive. Or it just insensitive in general. Especially yeah. him being a very strong figure in the African-American community for years and years and years. And just in general, a star for him to, yeah, I didn't even know. Like, he, I mean, like, obviously I know the world in general is very homophobic, but I didn't know, like, I have a lot of African-American friends back home and obviously you and uh, Mario, a couple other people in town. And uh, I didn't even know that it was really that. The community is just as, you know. It's very, very intense. Homophobia is very, very intense in the African-American community. And mm-hmm. it comes a lot from um, from the fact that many African-Americans are very deeply rooted in the church. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so a lot of that comes from that. And there's a whole history beat behind that and why it's so serious for for us. Uh, but right. uh, But that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just want to kind of wrap up uh, this part of the conversation with saying that with the with the pronouns and with understanding people, and I want to have um, there. Are, I have a few friends in town who are trans, and I want to have them on the show to really dig into this because we we aren't qualified to really talk about what's what's going on here. But I want to just uh, just say that when you see someone who who may not identify who may identify as something they don't present as, just just ask them ask them how would you like to be addressed uh how uh, what makes you feel comfortable how can i help you because we're all in this together and we all yeah. want to want to make sure that we're all feeling comfortable in our own skins because it's, you know walking through life for anyone isn't easy absolutely yeah, so, I, uh, so I'm going to take a quick song break, and then we're going to have Evan Porter come on with a little live performance. Evan Porter is a really great musician here in town, and, uh, and he is accepting bookings, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so don't go anywhere. We'll be back with the First City Forum. That was a little Charlie Puth and 
Gabby Barrett with I Hope. Um, and we're back in the studio with the first City Forum. We're here with Evan Porter. Uh, before Hello, we Joe. get started, Evan, I want to um, shout out a little radio promotion we're doing. The Passport to Puerto Vallarta. Um, you can win a ticket for two to Puerto Vallarta, full of Ooh. paid vacation, sponsored by the station. And today you can find that at Alaska Gulf. And that is all week long. Go into Alaska Gulf and ask them how, the, how you can win those tickets Go. to Puerto Vallarta. Go fix your swing. Yes, and if you would like to be on the first city forum, talk about anything. Uh, if you have an organization that would like, who would like to uh, to be a part of the show and get your and get your your um, information out there, please please email me at firstcityforum uh, at abcstations.com. That is firstcityforum at abcstations.com. I think there's like a weird issue going on with that email right now where I'm not getting mm-hmm. those emails, but email me and I and we, when when we get that fixed, they'll all come through. Uh, but without further ado, my friend Evan Porter. Evan, Thank you. let's talk a little bit about uh, what you do here. Uh, Evan Porter is a uh, is a former Coast Guard here in town who is just here now living, living life and playing music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so ex-Coast Guard, um, met a lot of good people in this town, been playing music around town, uh, write original songs on uh, ukulele, and recently just got a baritone, but it's not here today. It'll be here, hopefully, um, next week or the week after that. Um, But yeah, just been playing music in town, um, around the bars, trying to play at the Cabaret more, um, support their lovely establishment they have there. but yeah, um, I guess after I get done playing, I'll give out my email. Would love to have, um, you know, whether you're getting married and you want somebody to play for a while or, you know, et cetera. I would love to, um, you know, just continue blossoming as an artist here. Evan, let's show them what they're getting. All right. Let's see. say see you later if I thought I'd see you later again and I tell you that I loved you if I really did So strange deciding how I feel about her. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
where'd you go? You're fine, like wine, like wine. Evan Porter original, ladies and gentlemen. Now, Evan has a lot of really cool original songs, and I I really love them all. But there's one in particular that I love a lot, and it's the one where you're singing about uh, about a girl who's a vampire or something like Ooh, that. Okay. <laughs> Can we talk a little bit about that song and the inspiration behind it, and then um, go ahead and play it out for us? Yeah, and uh, real quick, that was a mashup of uh, one of my original songs. It's like an E minor and a couple other chords and um also the beginning though was mac demarco but it was a little too soft so i was trying to switch it up a little bit but anyway um that song you were just talking about um i call it the whole step homeless blues and it's pretty much inspired by a breakup and seeing a lot of homeless people in the past couple years there's a lot of homeless people in um around anchorage when i was on vacation and um uh, a lot of homeless people in Ketchikan, obviously not as many, it being a small community. But, um, yeah, so I kind of just tied in um, the different homeless people I've met my past couple of years with a breakup song. Well, well there we go. Evan, <laughs> let's let's show them what that sounds like. All right. Yeah, let's, uh, let's wake up a little bit here. saw you walking in the street last night and you looked so cold I saw you walking in the daylight you looking like a vampire and everybody in this same old town they try to keep you down that's why you're out there getting high as a cloud you roll right through They always look so cold hey. They always look so gray When they're out there in the atmosphere
saw you walking in the daylight You dressing like a vampire I saw you walking in the park But you had no leash on And everybody in this same old town Try to keep you down That's why you're out there getting high as a cloud You roll right through Whoa, Joe, they always look so cold, Joe. Hey, me, Joe, why they looking so cold, Joe, when they're out there in the atmosphere? gentlemen thank you so much for coming on evan it's always such a pleasure to have you um thank you, you you can hear evan here every wednesday uh after our titillating queer talks they're, they're going to be intense every week uh, because you know it's, it's a it's a real important topic uh, the, the things that, that we're, we're talking about here is important to to my heart and it's something that um that it's it's a really a hot button issue in society right now um queer culture and just everything that's going on there I'm so excited to have had my, my friend and colleague, the one and only J.D. Martin, on today. Thank you, Evan, for coming on. And thank you guys for tuning in to the First City Forum brought to you by Providence Properties in Southeast Alaska Orthopedics. Now, tomorrow we're going to get into some political commentary with uh, Rachel Brewhouse. I, th- I hope I'm saying her, her name right. She'll correct me tomorrow. Um, but she is a, definitely a firecracker. She'll have a lot to say. And I'm sure you guys will have uh, some questions for her. So uh, get this number down for tomorrow so you can call in and have some conversation with her. That number is 247-2000. That's 907-247-2000. And if at any point um, on any of our shows, if you have any questions, any comments, please call in. And that's always a fun time. Um, and once again, if you would like to be a part of the First City Forum, if you have an organization that has info you'd like to get out to the community, or if you just have an opinion on something, please email me at firstcityforum at abcstations.com and we'll get you on. Once again, I'm your host, the one and only Joe Williams. You guys have a great night. I'm gonna head. I'm gonna head down to the rec center. It's shoulder day. Oh yeah, shoulder day. <laughs> we love Joe. Bye guys.